Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your brand new source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. We are here on a victory Tuesday to break down the Packers 24-12 Monday night win against the Los Angeles Rams, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? Good, yeah, joined in the very next room because I came all the way down to San Diego today. Exactly. And so we're recording uh, from the same building. Oh, yeah. We're here. Our minds are melded. I am Tommy. I am your regular host as well, if I forgot to introduce that. But yeah, and always good to be talking Packers after a win as opposed to a loss. feel like we haven't been doing that quite as much this year as we would have liked, but you know, we're here now. And despite our conversations with each other earlier, we are talking here on a Victory Tuesday. Yes, Victory <laughs> Tuesday. Packers win. Matt LaFleur stays undefeated versus Sean McVay. Packers move to 6-8. and eight. And, Dad, you know what that means. They're still alive, and we can still talk relatively not too oh, complicated playoff situations. We can cue all kinds of, we're not dead yet. Oh, so not dead yet at me, all. <laughs> you're telling me there's a chance. And that chance is actually growing. It's no longer uh, one in a million or whatever it was in, in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, I mean, they need to win out. They need to have the Commanders lose two of the last three, and they need to have the Seahawks lose one of their last three. It's stranger things have happened. Yep, but, and, and that would like, and that should take care of all of the rest of the tiebreakers as well. If the Packers went out, and, exactly. the, and the Commanders, they um, they need to lose two, and they have games against the um, 49, 49ers, I think, 49ers, Browns, Cowboys. And the Seahawks play the Chiefs this week, as well as... Um, Seahawks also play the Jets and the Rams. Jets and the Rams. There it goes. That was it. So those are possible. The one that became less probable would be the Giants losing out. Yes. And the, if the Giants lose out, they don't need the Commanders to lose two or three. They need essentially two of those three things to happen. The Commanders one is a little tough with the Cowboys losing this weekend. Seems like they might not have as much to play for in week uh, that, that 18. That is the fear, the thing we realize. Is like, man, what if they just decide we're not even going to try? The Packers are on the doorstep of bacon and everything goes white, right? And then the Cowboys are like, yep, we're just going to sit everybody. Yep, that's fine. But yeah, anyways... That's kind of the playoff scenario going forward. Packers still got a shot, and you know, once you're in the dance, anything can happen. But just before we get into what really happened on this Monday Night Football, do our usual post game. we just wanted to pitch a couple of things. If you like what you hear here, come on back. We do two shows a week, a pregame and a postgame. In the offseason, we'll do one a week talking about the draft and offseason moves the Packers can do. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can find, find podcasts, you can find us. You can also find us on YouTube, and if you want to subscribe to us there, Father Son Packers Podcast on YouTube, it would really help our numbers. And then also, if you really like us, you can come check us out on Twitter, at Father Son Packers. That's where we post when we're having new episodes out, any collaborations we're doing with uh, different podcasts. Side note. I just guest uh, hosted with Numak on Talk of the Tundra podcast, part of GSPN Podcast Network. So if you want to go check that out, Talk of the Tundra on any podcast platform, that was super fun. Thanks again to them for having me on. But we also tweet from uh, our Twitter, like I was saying, Packers injury updates, news, notes, any articles we find interesting, stuff like that. So come check us out on Twitter. Go check out that Talk of the Tundra episode. Come follow us on subscribe to us on twitter or on on youtube dad am i forgetting anything else i think you pretty much covered it and i'd say you know whether you like us or not follow us anyway you're follow right us to tell us we're great follow us to tell us we stink we'll take it <laughs> we'll take you the one yeah why not and hey, there's no such thing as bad press but anyway let's get down into this game but before we well let's start with a gut check dad how did you feel about this game I mostly felt pretty good about this game. I, there was a little bit of like, uh, they're kind of letting them hang around for a little while. I did want them to just put them away because the Rams are a bad team, but they were mostly in control of this game. And they had, you know, promising aspects to both the offense and the defense. Uh, the Dad, Rams don't made don't forget look, about the Wii fence. And the Wii fence looked, was excellent. It was, was excellent. Yes. And, uh, and, you know, you can look like a competent team against the Rams. That's what I yeah. think is the, the take-home. 
But yeah, my gut check was definitely this was their easiest opponent of the year. I mean, the Rams, especially this injured version of the Rams, don't have a whole lot going for them. And the Packers did what you should do against a team that you are better than. They covered the spread. Spread was seven. They won by 12, 24 to 12. They did a lot of the things that we wanted to see them do. The D-line beat up on a, um, mostly beat up on a injured and substitute riddled uh, offensive line for the Rams. The Packers offensive line on the other side beat up on a defensive line that was missing Aaron Donald. And for the most part, the Packers really handled this game. There was a lull in the third quarter where it felt like, oh, they're kind of screwing around a little bit. They're uh, not quite putting them away how you would hope. But for the most part, they really had control of this game throughout. It was only 10-6 at, or was it 10-6 or 13-6 at half. I think it was... It was 10-6 at half. Yeah, it was only 10-6 and at half, the, only a four-point game. And then the Packers scored touchdowns on their... Um, two possessions of the third quarter to uh, get get out to the lead. Yeah, it was only 10-6 at half, but it felt like more than that. The Packers did play with their food a little bit, but gut check reaction, I felt like this was a nice win from them and a nice all-around showing. Let's get down into the specifics of this game, though, starting with some news that we got before the game, which was Sammy Watkins was cut day of the game. I thought this was very interesting. Matt LaFleur said he was not super thrilled with how it went, but that he understood that the reason that they cut him was to get Patrick Taylor up on the 53. And another piece of news from the game was A.J. Dillon was ruled out with a concussion. We now know the next day that he has already cleared concussion protocol, so that's great news. But with A.J. Dillon going out, having Patrick Taylor on the 53 became a vital part of that move. Like, that was clearly the right decision, especially with Sammy getting only, like, 11 snaps over the last two or three games or whatever it was. What did you you think about that whole thing? I was a little surprised, uh, as, as even though he wasn't getting many targets, his blocking was opening up plays. I think that was the one thing that we could have potentially missed: is his uh, his ability to 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 block as a wide receiver in either the passing game or the run game. I'm, I was a little surprised. Um, I was more surprised the by that, the I was more surprised by the timing, like day of the game. Was yeah, a little day surprising. of the game was really um, very much a surprise. The other do thing that surprised th- me is that can, they wait. Had, can I ask? Can I ask one okay, more thing? More about that. Just do you think they did it just so the Rams couldn't add him by doing it that late? Yeah, possibly because they're pretty short at receiver, and they've had him before. Yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe that's why they waited until that 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 late. And he's already been picked up now by the by the Ravens. Ravens. Yeah, who lost one? Who lost uh, Duvernay to a foot injury in practice? Yeah, it's tough. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so, the thing about like Watkins is the uh, player on the team right now who said something about the uh, the hand signals. I mean, there were Cobb also talked about the hand signals. A few other players did. Yeah, I I don't know. And then I think you were about to mention the Chris Barnes thing. Yeah, that one surprised me when I saw that he was one of the inactives. Um, yeah, so he's like moved below McDuffie on the depth chart, I guess, and moved below. Eric Kendricks, or sorry, not Eric Kendricks. Um, Eric, Eric Wilson. Wilson, Eric Wilson, wrong Vikings linebacker. But he um, mostly yeah, Ken, Eric Wilson's Eric more of a Ken, Kendricks would have been nice. They yeah, he's he's getting a same. little he's getting a little he's, up there in the years. He's now. getting a little up there, but I think well, Wilson is was active because of uh, for special teams. Yeah, he had another Who two tackles like, on was, special teams today. So he's one I of mean, their highest graded special teams players, I think, for the year. Yeah, which I didn't realize. Yeah, I also thought it was interesting that Barnes is like behind McDuffie, which is surprising to me because I thought when they played, Barnes looked better. I don't know. That's just my point of view, at least. Yep, this is a little surprising, and whether it means that there are certain things they probably weren't going to try, like different sort of alignments. But anyway, that was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, and then Um, otherwise, in the injury front. Like we said, Dylan left with a concussion, but has already cleared protocol, which is great to hear. Should be good to go for Christmas Day against the Dolphins. And then Bakhtiari was out as expected. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him again this year. I would say, as I was thinking about this, that if they make the playoffs, then there's a chance they'd see Because I think like for abdominal surgery, you're probably looking at four weeks. Yeah, maybe about a month. five weeks. And so about a month. And so... If they make it to the if they make the playoffs, then 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 I think we probably see him. But I don't expect to see him um, during the regular season. I think they just rest him till that. But he was playing so well um, before he had to go out with the surgery that if they make the playoffs, I think he would be ready to go and they would want him back out there. 
Yeah, fingers crossed at least. But anyway, let's get down to the meat and potatoes of this game breakdown. And Dad, uh, should we start with the offense? Let's start with the offense. Sure, let's start with the offense, and we can talk as we do usually about uh, what we want, what we wanted to see from the pre pregame on the offense. And so, I had a few things. My my wanted to sees turned out to be all offense, and your wanted to sees turned out to be defense. Yep. And so, I wanted to see if uh, Aaron Donald didn't play. Um, I wanted to see them establish the run and use that to try to set set it fast. And they certainly used the running backs a lot. We'll talk about more, but that that they they uh, kept handing it off. Both, uh, you know, actually not just both, but all three, uh, Jones, Dylan, and Taylor, um, were able to run the ball and work Dobbs. And, and I wanted, and the second thing I want to see was like them with Dobbs back, use Dobbs and Watson together in combinations, either in crossing or vertically stacked to see if they could help each other. And there was one play, I think, where it, on their final drive, where Dobbs gets a first down conversion and showing like Watson. It goes in motion over to the side and it stays below him. And Dobbs just has all this um, open space to navigate on the crosser to get um, mid-range gain. And you said you had looked up something about um, how you had told me before. I don't remember the details of how successful they were when both were on the field together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could I can hit you that stat now or we can hit that when we get to the good stuff. Um, if you've got it already in there later, they can bring it back later. Um, and then the, the last thing I had was can they put a team – put a team away early against uh, that's worse than they are. And the answer to that is no, not really. Yeah. Because they're not that much worse than we are. Like we are also pretty stinky. Like let's, we're not a great team either. We had a monstrous one game lead on them before this game. What are you talking about? I know. Right. Just peak, peak (laughs) football right there. But yeah, I would say the offense for the most part was pretty good today. So let's start with the bad and end with the good, you know, vegetables before dessert. So for me, there were definitely a few things that were a bit iffy uh, for the offense. And I think for me, it was Rogers mostly. Uh, I thought he was okay in this game, but really high variance, like would have some nice throws and then had the, the one that sticks in my mind is the interception. He threw like 10 or 15 yards past Lazard right into the waiting arms of the safety. And Lazard said after the game that it was on him, he should have kept running, but even if he kept running, he's running right into the defender into coverage, number one. Number two, that ball is still overthrown. I don't think Lazard is that fast. Number three, just like throw it to him. He's sitting down in the zone like how you would often want people to when you see the safety over top and no one else around you. Like I'm, I was very, I, I mean, that was a huge miss. And Rodgers didn't have his thumb taped today, so there's not really any more thumb excuses in my opinion. And then the other thing with him was he didn't really seem to want to pull the trigger much, which was kind of highlighted by the first half, end of the first half. He didn't want to throw it on the Hail Mary. He didn't end up ripping it. And there were a lot of times where he like, d- like Pat was patting the ball or like went into his throwing motion, then just like swallowed it back up or like pump fake, pump fake, pump fake. And you're just like, okay, is he going to, is he going to throw it? Is he going to throw it? And it just, he seemed really trigger shy in this game. They didn't really attack deep much at all was other another one of my negatives. They only really threw it deep on that Lazard pick and then a Christian Watson pass interference that they drew later in the game. I mean, it's tough because you got to take what the defense gives you in some ways and that cover two shell that the Rams like to play does leave it uh leave stuff open over the middle and they were attacking the middle very well, so it's hard to like criticize that too much, but I do think it would be nice to see them attack vertically a little bit more. And then my other negative was Nyman kind of struggled in pass protection today. He allowed four pressures, which was really the mostly the only weak spot on the line. But those are kind of my negatives. It was mostly around Rodgers. And for Rodgers, it was mostly just his standards are very high. So, And he still had decent stats, like one touchdown, one pick, although the touchdown was mostly Aaron Jones' work. Threw for over 200 yards. But I don't know. Those are my negatives. Dad, what did you have as like the the parts that you were kind of iffy on for the offense. So we had a lot of overlapping things. I had like, uh, generally the deep ball did not do much. I was hoping to see more. I think he only threw like two. Um, yeah. One of them was the INT on the pass alarm. And the other was um, the only positive they got from trying and not even official deep ball was the pass interference that Watson yeah. drew. Exactly. Um, which I actually have us later and elsewhere as a positive. It's one of the things he's doing now. We take um, those. Yeah. And, and I felt like that INT is, I don't think he was that, he could possibly be that far off target on the throw. I think it's just miscommunication. And, and so that has miscommunication on the offense. Like 
that INT to, to Lazard where Rodgers is expecting one thing and Lazard is doing another thing. Well, Lazard's probably doing is reading where the safety is and then cutting his route short because of where the safety is because the ball is going right to the safety. So I think it's more of a, a bad re- – I think that's more of a bad read by Rodgers than an off-target throw. Um, then there's also like the, hand, the little hand signal, another miscommunication on offense, the little hand signal – that Watson missed late in the game that, you know, if you want to score touchdowns, you got to run the right route uh, play there. And, yeah. and so that's another miscommunication on offense. And just, let's just make things as complicated as possible so that I know, uh, right? it's hard for everybody to do everything right. Let's have a that's bunch of hand signals. Yeah. It's it, that aren't written down that are passed down via oral history. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like, it's absurd. So the question is not what decade do we live in? What millennium do we live in yeah. where it's oral history that we're relying on to uh, pass down the knowledge from player to player? And it's like you don't want the other teams to like learn your signals. Like how paranoid are you that like if you write anything down, it's it's automatically going to be lost and like to and unusable wow. anymore. I don't know. It's it's kind of wild to I me. Think, I think the knowledge is being transferred by psychic crystals. If, oh, yes. Uh, Rogers is of course. in charge. Exactly. I mean, that's the only foolproof, only, only foolproof only way to do it. The only way to learn all thirty hand signals is to do ayahuasca. Yeah, and I mean the 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 he said that that story was BS. That story has a lot of Packers receivers cited. I I don't know. Anyway, let's move to the positives though for the offense because there were. Oh, well, I did have a little bit more. I, oh, I also sure. Go the ahead. Nyman thing, um, the four pressures. I thought he probably had the worst game among the linemen. Um, and also a little bit, the, there's, we again had this like complimentary football thing wasn't so great where, you know, they, they get the interception and do nothing with it. And a couple of times where they had good field position and weren't able to do anything with it. I thought were a couple of weaknesses on the offensive side, mm-hmm. but it's, it, you know, it, the, it's a minor thing, but I just, if we're talking about where they should be improving, that's something that, uh. You're specifically talking about the time they returned it out. They got the return out to like the 35, and then ended up having to punt, right? Yeah, and then, that was of like course, the, that was the they, big worst one. And then there was the you know the the, the pick by uh, Rasul that he lateraled back to get him out of field goal range. To we'll start talk. We'll talk about that when we get to the defense. Don't you worry. But they they I think that <laughs> but, fumble but, but, that they but, ended but up what doing I was, was talking about is after the good play by the defense, then the offense. The fumble that fumble was BS though. That fumble was a crock. I'm watching that play. He's like being held in place for like five seconds. I actually looked down because I thought the play was over. And then I looked exactly. back up. It's like, what do you mean the what do you mean the Rams have the ball? How did that happen? It's like the classic, like, oh yeah, the defense says they have it. Like, of course they're gonna say they have it, but they definitely blew the whistle dead like five minutes ago. And it's like they're actually gonna give them that like that's absurd. The other but, thing and- I heard people say is like, well, as long as he's still fighting, then the, they can take the ball. It's like, no, that's a they're always still fighting when forward progress is stopped. Yeah, that's the whole, every time they blow the whistle on forward progress, they're still fighting. But forward progress is over. Yeah, they but they're not. They're still dead. fighting. But the other side is fighting against them, and they're not moving anywhere. And you blow it dead, so they don't get yeah. hit at a million miles an hour by a third party coming in. Like I don't know who made that argument. I can't remember, but it was like no. Every forward progress play is like that. You, exactly. you blow the whistle on it. Yeah, and I I don't know, like especially like they're they're still fighting, but it's not like he's moving forward at all. Like they're completely no, stonewalled. One like, guy has his leg pinned, and the other guy's holding him up, and it's like, yeah, it's just, just an injury waiting to happen. That's exactly the kind of play you should um, blow the whistle on. But anyway, we could rant and rave about referees every single game if we wanted to. Let's talk about some of the positives. Oh yeah, because the- there's another one I want to talk about as well. Let, what do you want? Do you want to, I was gonna say let's let's talk about the positives in the offense though. Let's 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 be a little more positive let's that we the, won. We won. Positive. I am positive that there should have been another DPI drawn by Christian Watson. How's that? You mean when uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey was doing the rocket dance across his lap and then tripping him all the whole way, pulls on it so he can catch up because he's not keeping up with him, and then trips him by kicking him in the legs. And they're like, his legs got. It looks like their legs just got tangled. It's like, yeah, that's called tripping when you do it on purpose. Like, actually, when you know when you think about it. Yep. Oh man. But anyway, positives on offense, Dad. Positives on offense. Positives, positives. on offense. Positives. Positives on offense. Do you want to start or should I? Uh, why don't you start? All right. For me, I think the number one thing was the offensive line. Mostly was quite good in this game. Besides the fact that Nyman allowed four pressures, I thought that the 
group really took advantage of a weakened D-line that didn't have Aaron Donald and pass protected very well and got the run game going really well, which I'll talk about in a second is also another one of my positives. Zach Tom was great again, starting in place of Bakhtiari. According to Jacob Morley on Twitter, uh, who is in turn citing PFF, of the 12 tackles from the uh, 2022 draft class who have logged 300 snaps, he's allowed the least total pressures with four. He has their best pass blocking grade, and he has their best pass blocking efficiency. So they have really found a gem with him in that fourth round. He has been everything they've wanted him to be and more in terms of positional versatility, steadiness. Sure, he's a little small and sure his arms are a little short, but it's getting the job done. And I know he hasn't had to play against a ton of super powerful rushers, but he's been very good when called upon. Right. Um, his his and, lateral um, mobility and speed, he is uh, he just gives him a great uh, um, tool for holding up against speed rushers. And also, I think somebody said, I forget who worded it this way, he has a, a great knack for keeping his whatever it is, his, his butt pointed at the quarterback between <laughs> yep. it, it, between the quarterback and the pass rusher. And then I wanted to say just like Runyon and Myers didn't notice them, which is good. I mean, Myers had a, actually a couple nice drive blocks in the run game, I thought. And then Elton, I think, you know, you know how the old saying goes, uh, your praise has to be louder than your disrespect. A lot of people were saying that like he was kind of washed and wasn't playing that well i think the last like four or five games at left guard he has been as almost as good as he's ever been playing out there left guard i mean he has really been really steady since moving back there and also since recovering from a catastrophic knee injury we're still like we just hit barely i think 12 months since that injury we might be 13 now no he heard it in december i'm pretty sure oh i thought it was november oh but anyway the people who were like getting on his case was like nine months, nine months out from his ACL uh, surgery are kind of insane. He's a 300 pounder with a torn ACL and he came back in nine months, like cut him some slack. I don't know. And the, the conversation on whether or not they have the money to resign him is it's a valid one. They're going to have to look at that because how much can you afford to pay a guard when you're paying a quarterback this much? And when you have all these other contracts on the books, that's definitely going to be a legitimate conversation to have, but He's looking like he deserves the money from whoever wants to pay him that money. Um, Beyond the offensive line playing really well, like I said, the run game was really good. Kind of hit a bit of a lull in the third quarter. Um, But Jones, 17 carries for 90 yards, 5.3 a carry. Uh, Side note, he had four catches for 36 yards and a touchdown. Dylan, 11 carries for just 36 yards, but had two touchdowns. He was averaging five a carry going into half and then lost some of that efficiency in the third quarter when they hit that aforementioned lull. And then he got knocked out with that concussion before he could come back in the fourth and get some of that those yards back like Jones did. Uh, and then also had three catches for 35 yards. Uh, and then Patrick Taylor, four carries for 15 yards. So just overall, they were really running the rock well. Beyond that, I thought Matt LaFleur, this was a really nice game for him and Stenovich. I felt like they were way more in their bag than they usually had been this year, especially like just the the big like sign of that were those little motions to the christian watson motion um play fake the other way roll out dump off passes in the flat with him just already at full speed running in motion i don't know why you don't run like four of those a game because that feels like a free 10 yards i mean the way he turned the corner on that one guy right i was watching that play and he had very little space um and the guy had an excellent angle and he still was able to get the corner so fast an additional like five to seven yards because just based on pure speed yeah, and then, like I was saying with Watson, just to continue on that, the rookie receivers were great today. Um, Watson, four catches on six targets for 46 yards, and excellent, I mean, excellent blocking in the run game. You just see what they saw in him when they traded two second-round picks for him. The dynamism, the ability to do the dirty work in the run game, just everything LaFleur wants in a receiver. And then Dobbs, five catches on five targets for 55 yards in just 23 snaps. Um, according to Jacob Morley on Twitter, I thought this was a really interesting fact. Rogers was seven of seven for 91 yards and a touchdown in the 13 snaps that they were both on the field together. I mean, this is, this was the vision for the receiver room, like over the off season was these two was rookies stepping in late in the season and just being the go-to guys. So which vision is this? Is this the, uh, the white recreated vision by the, uh, <laughs> the government or is this the original vision that, uh, was 
killed by Thanos. I, yeah, and this was the this was the this was the young vision. This was the vision as he first came out of the chamber when the body had first been built and they had just put the mind stone in. Is that one? And because he's able, still to, not, and he's able to lift the Mjolnir. Exactly. It's still not fully formed yet, but you see the potential. That's 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 what I'm going with. That um, sounds fair. But yeah, I mean, and that's my that's my last positive I wanted to touch on. But man, I'm so excited to watch those two for the next however many years we're gonna have them. Because Dobbs came back from injury and didn't miss a beat. I mean, he was great. Yeah, I have him as uh, you know, for, for my positives. If if I I guess yeah, go ahead. That's, all, that's my those um, are mine. So I had him like yeah that he came back and led the team in catches and receiving yards. And I always met, already mentioned that I think they were actually able to. Uh, um, complement each other and open up a place for each other, and that that blocking play you mentioned that that or what or the, uh, Watson's blocking the one play I think it was on um, Jones's run where he like he he basically takes his player he's blocking out of the play entirely and buries him on the ground and he because he blocks that guy so effectively it actually he impedes the next defender from getting close to Jones before he can um, get to the end zone. Did you see what his uh, dad tweeted on Twitter? Yes. Yeah, I was wondering if you'd seen that too. I meant to ask you earlier that he's always no. He didn't teach him how to block there. He's always been a good blocker. Or something, yeah, because someone had effect, said right? like, "Oh, like this is what happens when like people when like great athletes go to North Dakota State. They learn to do like the little things right." And then his dad was like, "Let me just correct this real quick. Like he has always been a great willing <laughs> blocker. Like North Dakota State." Helps him like perfect his technique in blocking. That's definitely true. Helped him become a better blocker. But he has always been like this type of like force in the run game. Like I just thought it was fun that his dad was like, "Hold up a minute, let me just let me just fire up the old let Twitter machine just... and do some." <laughs> oh, I thought it was funny, but anyway, continue with your positives. Right. So then I had um, I really liked the fact that they were able to finish off a game with an eight minute drive, just just end all chances that the Rams had. It's like something that's just so satisfying to see them do, to just control the clock and run it out. And a team might think they have two more possessions left and they get zero. That was really nice to see. Yeah, just the boa constrictor offense that they had had the past two years where it's just like, we're just going to take our ball and go home. Like We're just, we're just going to hold on to this thing for eight and a half minutes. And the games, they were only like, Three possessions in the fourth quarter total. Like, that's when you have the lead, that's ideal offense. That's perfect offense. Yep. And then the other thing I, I like, so they, and then they really leaned on the running backs um, and, and, and for running and receiving. They had good games from Dylan in short yardage, getting those two touchdowns. Jones getting some chunk carries, both and both of them getting good passing work. Um, and even Taylor, when he came in, when Jones went out, was, I think, pretty effective running the ball. Um, it was nice to see Watson starting. I, I feel like we've seen this for a couple weeks now, but expanding his sort of repertoire of how he's helping the team with the uh, drawing DPI. I mean, you know, one that wasn't called and one that was called. Um, and also making contested catches. It's not just like when he's running open downfield on a crosser. It's actually more and more being able to shield the defender and make the the catches under duress, which is really nice to see of how, how he could really turn into, I think, a monster with um, combining all of those abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the run blocking was better in this game um, than we've seen most of the season, I think. For most of the year, we've seen, well, as the offensive line, I should say, has coalesced into what we wanted as our starters, that the pass pro has been pretty good, but the run blocking has been a little subpar. I thought we were getting more surge. You see that with some of the interior linemen with Jacobs having an excellent game. And I think Runyon also having a good game um, in, in, in run blocking and that we were able to get a little more push this time um, in, in uh, getting run blocking. And that maybe also is reflected in actually scoring two touchdowns on short yardage, something we've kind of struggled with um, this season yeah. and jet actually under the floor in general. It seems and like they if said, we got like inside the five yard line, we struggle so much to get a touchdown. And they said in the broadcast, I think it was that we are here. I have this. I have this note in here. We are scoring a touchdown on just fifty percent of goal to goal situations in the NFL, which is which. Er, er, sorry, in goal to goal situations, which is worse than the NFL. 
matches the eye test. Like we cannot punch that thing in at all. Yeah, drives me crazy. And, yeah, and, and, and yet we 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 give it to the other team so readily. Well, you know who else does is the Rams. They were tied for third worst in allowing touchdowns uh, on goal to go situations. So I think uh, what was it Numak said a, a movable force versus a stoppable object. Yep, on both sides, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's it's the the Packers have definitely struggled in goal to go ever since the year that they were like the best red zone offense ever two years ago. Um, and I don't know yep. why they just don't use Dylan every time down there. It feels like they don't use him enough. They could use him more. They use him. They've been using yeah. him more and more, but it feels like they could use him more. Uh, do you have so any more? Uh, thing, yeah, yeah that ahead. is actually related to that. That I think the, the year when they were so effective in the in the red zone. There's also was this thing about how they they had been so good on their like first scripted drives. Well, this year they stink. Yeah, they, um, and, and they the, had the eight straight. Eight straight games this. without well, scoring me, on their opening script. Sorry. I, right. So I'll give a little bit about how this, so that's mentioned during the game about how this has been a struggle. Well, not only that, they are failing to score on the first drive of the game and the first drive of the second half. So in the last games, and the Bears, they got zero scores in those two. Eagles, zero. Titans, they got a field goal in the second half. Cowboys, zero. Lions, zero. Bills, field goal in the second half. Washington, zero. Jets, zero. Giants, field goal in the first and then the second. So you have to go back to the Giants game before they got any kind of score in the first half. And then this was the first game all year, the entire year, where they actually scored on both of those possessions. First of the game and first of the second half. The first? The first all year. And it's, it is the first game. Ladies and gentlemen, the 6-8 and eight Green Bay Packers. <laughs> yep. So they've had a few games where they had, they had touchdowns twice in those two possessions. Once um, against New England and then once against um, Tampa Bay. But they got a, a touchdown... And I think, and that, and that's, and that's it. Wait, so this was they, their first game. This is the first game where they scored on both possessions that started at a half. So on, bir- half on both half. the the first possession of the game and the first possession and, of the second and half, their, and their first possession of the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where where they've been. Like when they first first time they possessed the ball after getting the most coaching they can before the game or at halftime. You know, they've only been able to, this is the first time, took to week um, 15. 16, 15th F- game. 15. P- 15, please. Week 15. 15. 14th oh, game. Thank you. Four- put some, put game. some respect on the Green Bay Packers, oh, right. please. They, I, they, they wait nearly so long. Yeah. No one stops the Packers 14 games in a row. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean... It's definitely, so it's I think, it was a nice learning. To see them do that now. So it's like, yeah. Though it took, the, so the, the bad part is what happened in all those other games. But the good part is they they scored on both of those those possessions this time. And I like to see like they crushed the Rams in yardage, three forty five yeah. to one hundred and fifty six. And they must have crushed them in time of possession too. Like that thirty seven been... to twenty two. Yeah, thirty seven something to twenty two something. And yards per play five point one to three point six. So a lot of massive differences there. Yeah, I mean, I, it definitely a good good game for the offense, especially especially when you're comparing it to the Rams' offense. I mean, low hanging fruit there, but we'll take it. Should we move on to the defense? Do you think? Yes, any fruit associated with the Rams' offense is not just low hanging; it has fallen to the ground and rotted. <laughs> yes, if the bar, about the Rams' offense, the bar is in the basement. Like that, the the bar is very low. Anyway, let's move on to the defense. Uh, let's start with the bad. Um, well, let's, well, let's start, start with the with things we wanted, wanted to see. see. What I wanted to see something. specifically was I wanted to see them be aggressive with Baker. We talked about how their O-line has really struggled. They lost their starting center in this game on the second snap of the game with a strained calf, unfortunately. And Baker takes a lot of sacks. Those were the, the That was why we wanted them to be aggressive with Baker. And they did this. They had five sacks on Baker. They had a lot of pressures. They had nine quarterback hits. Those are definitely positives. They definitely checked that box. Despite like not 
really having a whole lot of players with pass rushing juice, I guess would be the way I would describe it. But let's start with like let's start with the negatives so we can end with the positives because this was a win. Um for me at least the tough parts on defense were the secondary play and the game plan I thought was kind of iffy and this also this all is going to tie back to Joe Barry. I think Joe Barry has really struggled this year. Um but the secondary play and game plan specifically just playing so much outside leverage off coverage with no help inside. The Higby touchdown is a perfect example of this. Rasul Douglas did this many times where he was just off and outside on these guys and just giving them tons of daylight and they would just track back to the ball catch here's your free 13 yards here's your free touchdown and it happened over and over again um that was really tough and i was either a game plan thing or a player thing but i thought the secondary was pretty meh in this game overall against a very depleted receiver core with van jefferson as their number one no shade to him he's a very solid like three four guy but they're missing their top two receivers um overall discipline again this kind of ties back to joe barry according to the broadcast packers now lead the league in unnecessary roughness penalties after rudy ford hit the guy out of bounds for no reason and just gave him 15 free yards uh they have six of those on the year just tracking back to poor coaching and poor discipline um the overall discipline idea is just kind of beautifully encapsulated in, in rasul douglas's pick i mean he makes a great not a great play kenny clark makes a great play to hit baker's arm and so Baker throws a lollipop right into Rasul Douglas's hand. Rasul runs like five yards, and then somehow the spirit of Jacoby Myers from the Patriots enters his body, and he starts. He's hopping. So one guy's grabbing his leg. He's hopping around. He's not going down. He's looking for someone to lateral it to, and you just like, come on, man, don't do it, don't yeah, do it, somebody, somebody don't do tell it. Rasul, that we're not we're not trailing as the clock is running out on this play, and. And he, not only does he lateral it, he's like falling down and pitches it backhand. It's not even a lateral. Not even it's, looking. Not even looking where he's throwing no, it. You know, you remember how when you play like you know whatever touch football or even tackle at back at at the park with friends, and you'd like stand sideways and just quick snap it backwards. Yeah, and it's That's just the way he like, throws it. He's not even looking and, at. It. He's looking ahead and he just flings it backwards. And it's and almost like t- a, one of those rugby hikes. And to tie this back to Joe Barry, he says he practices that that uh, Russell Douglas said after the game that he does this in practice and he practices this. Who is someone should be stop this man? Like to, to the coach, it's the coaching staff's job to see that one time in practice and be like, I don't ever like, want to see whoa, whoa, that again. Whoa, whoa. What in the I don't world ever want. I don't. And Russell said, Yeah, I tell the guys when I look at them, like, I like when I if they see me look at them that I, it's coming. You someone somewhere along the chain either one of the team captains either one of the uh, the positional coaches the defensive coordinator i don't care who it is someone has to put a stop to that the second they get wind of it because that that almost cost them like that almost cost them a huge turnover in this game and almost gave the rams a ton of momentum it would have given them first down again because it would have changed possession and changed back again yeah and not to mention they gained like 30 yards doing and is this is so is the eye contact is that like a hand? It's like the hand you know, signals, a, that's but what, worse. That's what, the defense, that's what the defense uses instead of hand signals. They He's use like, I'll give, you, I'll give you the look. I'll give you the I'll look you and like, you'll know. Oh, got, my goodness. He's got that look. Hey, how are they supposed to know that you're giving them the look when you're not facing them? That's my other question. Just a follow-up. Um, but, yeah, it all kind of to- ties back to Joe Barry. I don't think that if you see him doing that in practice, I don't understand why that's allowed to continue. But here we are. And then the last thing I have for the negative for the defense is explosive runs. Uh, for the most part, they kept the run game in check, but Akers had carries of 15 yards, 18 yards, and 19 yards, which made up 52 of his 65 total rushing yards on just three plays and allowed him to end with 5.4 yards per carry. Like For the most part, they were bottling up the run a lot of the game. And then those just explosive runs just kind of made it seem like the run defense was really poor. And those explosive runs came when Kenny Clark wasn't in and when Jaron Reed wasn't in and when Dean Lowry and TJ Slayton were the D tackles on the play. I mean, two of those explosive runs. I mean, the first one came with Kenny in the game and Reed in the game was the first play of the game. But the other two came just back to back in the same drive with Lowry and, and uh, Slayton in. And you're just like, all right, why are these guys still in? We just keep getting gashed. But yeah, those were my negatives for the defense. Dad, what did you have? 
So I had a couple of the same things about the uh, like the, the mental error penalties that have been they've done over and over again. In this case, like a discipline um, penalty on forward out of bounds, like you're well out of bounds. Stop trying to so tackle. Out of, I don't know the, the ridiculous lateral, the poor coverage on Higby on the touchdown where he's just it's so far back and outside that when Higby makes his cut, he has no chance of making a play. And then the other thing is like they really made. Acres look like a pretty respectable running back with a hundred yards from scrimmage. Um, and we actually talked a little bit about this as one of the possible things the Rams had going for him is that Acres mm-hmm. had been trending up. Is, is this maybe his best outing of, in terms of yardage for the year? It's all he he looked like he was had some juice and looked pretty good against us. Yeah, and I, I mean, hate it when we keep giving players get right games. Yeah, I mean. This was a guy who was pretty much like off the team. They were trying to trade him. He was completely benched and yeah, they really and with no offensive line in front of him and yeah. Yep. I mean yeah. It is what it is. It, and we had you know, some missed tackles again this game. I think we were credited with six not as bad as was some it? games. We it had. didn't feel it didn't feel that I mean, bad. I guess it's not that bad. You know, we've had we we've, we've had this is true. It's a good big improvement over twenty. You don't say. <laughs> so just a couple of couple players with some missed tackles. So I, I should say that that was that wasn't so bad. Um and you know, and so we could get to the get to the uh but so we, some players were kind of invisible. Um Amos kind of lost the ball and lost where Atwell was when he ran into him on that um forty yard DPI. But he had a really nice tackle for loss on one play where he shot past the blocker before the blocker could make contact with him and tripped him up. It was a really mm-hmm. nice tackle. Mm-hmm. To be fair. To be fair. He, it was not all bad. Yes. He was making some uh, more positive plays than he had been, I, I would say. Uh, late. Mm-hmm. So for that, we should get into our get to our good things. Oh, is that all the negatives you had? I did not have that much. Uh, so, po- um, so positive, Dad. So cheery today. The so cheery holiday today, spirit. Yeah. The holiday spirit is filling you. I mean, we... Uh, we didn't have that much. There was, uh, I think, our defensive penalties were there not that many. Um, we had the one on Amos, and we had the the the, the cut the chop block. As they, I the, hate they that called rule. it on on yeah. here. It's been two weeks in a row, and the one on Ford that we already talked about. Yeah, so, and I know the announcers were saying they thought that Tutu Atwell might have given Jair like a little shove in the back that made him go low. So hard to tell. Right, so they didn't give up too many um, penalties, and uh, and the uh, they did, didn't give up uh, much in the, the, the one thing that did drive because you mentioned these sort of uh, the leverage, the, the like the third and thirteen, they still had another like third and long conversions, like mm-hmm. drive me crazy where he's just runs down the field and turns and he's open past the sticks. Yeah, like, they we have to make it so easy. They started the Rams started. I have it written down here. Started three of six on third down with an average yards to go of nine point eight. Yeah. So early on, at least they were just really letting them do whatever they want. But they kind of tightened up as the game go went on. Let's let's talk about some of the positives, Dad. Let's let's you know stay yep. positive. I thought that the D line really held up their end against a beleaguered. There's your vocab word of the day. Rams offensive line. Like I said earlier, five sacks, nine quarterback hits. Uh, specifically, Preston Smith had a really nice day, two sacks and four uh, hits from him. And it also felt like Kenny's best game of the year. Uh, numbers won't really weren't really super flashy, but it just felt like he was beating double teams all game long. He caused that pick that Rasul Douglas had. He had a couple tackles for loss. It felt like, and he was. It, it felt like his most like you could feel his presence in the middle of that line and you could feel his absence when he wasn't in there more so than in any other game so far this year, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, shall I go on then? That's, that's so honestly my game. only positive right now. I, I had Kenny with his best game in a while where he was getting in the backfield and making plays. I thought I should mention that I don't have it in my nose, but I think Jaron Reed actually, he was yes. um, made uh, some nice, um, Tackles in the middle to stop the some of the runs and I he had, a nice he had, a game. Good, had a nice game compared to those. And now, Cube, the Bernie Sanders meme. I am once again asking you to play Devonte Wyatt more. 
Please. Um, so he had nine snaps on defense this game. It is week 15. He is a 24-year-old first-round rookie. Why doesn't he play? Yep. So since getting, I think, 20 snaps against the Eagles, I thought, okay, maybe he's starting to turn around. Nope. Nine last week. I mean, last game and nine this game. You're coming and off the bye. He had some nice reps. He's getting well-graded. He was like their second-highest-graded defender in this game. We had a paradise reps where on, on the possession that ended in the interception, he um, had the run stop for no gain on first, half a sack with um, Collins mm-hmm. um, on the second down. And he's actually coming around with a decent pass rush um, from the backside as Kenny's coming in and uh, hits his elbow for the INT. So he's actually had three good reps in a row on that play. And then he only had like six other reps the whole game. I he's think like you just are not trying hard enough to find what you have there. I don't get um, it because it's like he's the only guy besides Kenny for that D line that's not just a pocket pusher. That's like he's yeah. the only guy who can actually like beat his like isn't a slow burn pass rusher like who can actually like get under yeah. his man and beat him. Yeah, a little I burst. Don't, I don't get it. And then I also I re- so I, I had Preston as well and the five sacks. It was Preston two sacks and four four QB hits. But also, I just want to point out this play. I really liked the attack by Quay Walker of of, uh, Acres in the backfield of the Rams. First play. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. He saw the play and he just shot the gap and drilled them in the backfield. I thought it was. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I believe. And and I was like, this is what they were looking for when they drafted him. Yeah. And. it, and it was such a nice play. I, I'm, I'm hoping we'll start to see as he spots the pl- more of those plays a little quick, um, that fast, and, and, and his ability to react with his speed and, and power to and, uh, impact the game more. And I thought it was his best game of the year. I thought he looked great. He had the uh, sack-forced fumble on Baker as well. They let him rush the passer a bit, which was great. Um, PFF had him as our highest-graded defender, I believe, uh, for yep, what that's he- worth. And it is also by PFF is by far his best single game grade on defense. And it felt far. like it watching it. He he felt really impactful there in the center. And it's with Campbell back. So, you know, maybe that's, I mean, it's, it is so hard to be a rookie linebacker and have to be the green dot guy and have like no real veteran next to you. Like that's tough. That's probably why he wasn't doing all that much for like three it, or four it, weeks. It may free him up to be what he's best at. <laughs> I had this thought about that play. He's like Adam Sandler is the water boy. Yeah. He's just like, just flying in and knocking the guy down. Bobby Boucher. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and he the, was, and, and they, with Campbell in there, they can let him rush the passer a little more, which I think is a real talent. He, I think can develop and he already yes. showed some flashes there that he's got he's some got of that some, juice. He's got some ability to uh, blitz. And I think they've had times when before uh, Campbell got hurt, they were actually lining him up on the edge every once in a while. And I yeah. think that's some of the stuff that you can just free him up to go, just go make a play. Stop thinking about having to process the entire field and figure out what everybody should be doing. Just go out and make a play. Exactly. And it's nice to see him kind of coming alive down the stretch and hopefully they can let, Wyatt gets some more opportunities, so maybe he can come alive down the stretch. Uh, do you have anything more for the defense, or should we touch on the Wii fence just for a little bit? That was, I think those are my main points for, uh, for the all defense. All right, let's, let's hit the Wii fence. I've been waiting all pod for this because Keyshawn Nixon is H-I-M with a capital H. He is him. Man, I don't understand why that man wasn't back there from the start of the year. I don't get it. I understand that in practice a lot of the times, like you can't really see what, like when you're, practicing returns you're mostly just seeing how people feel the punts and kicks like you're not they're not actually doing a whole much to show their juice and show what they actually have back there but boy i yeah. i just don't see what they were seeing before so the question i've seen people post is like why didn't Basachi you know he saw him for a whole year last year i mean on the raiders i mean he what did he have he had let me just check this maybe yeah, just, i guess did he ever get the ball in his hands I don't know, but let me just check this real quick. He had, for kick returns, 
Um, three returns for 95 yards, including a long of 52. And then there was another one that was called back because of a hold that didn't really impact the play. Like I thought, it, I thought it was a hold. It was a bit iffy, but it wasn't really like anything due to him. He had returned it out to like the 40 and then, um, two punt returns for 36 yards, um, with a long of, so one for 19 and one for 17. I mean, I know that the Rams have like struggled with opponent field position all year, but he was, a, he made a huge difference in this game. Like, and also shout out Mason Crosby. I think just broke Brett Favre's record for most consecutive uh, games as a Packer. As a Packer, yeah, yes, yes. yes I think it did. It just broke. It just it was already tied. I, th- I think so, or he tied it. Yeah, but it's it's something up there. I just figured we'd throw that in in the Wee side. But yeah, Keyshawn Nixon, man, what a returner! Is it's fun to watch and say, "I'm like, maybe he's going to break it the whole way." Yeah, which is something things as opposed to. Maybe he'll hold on to the ball this time. Yeah. Maybe maybe he'll that, just let it bounce in the end saying. zone. Maybe he'll just maybe, let it bounce in the end zone and we'll get a touchback. Maybe, maybe he'll get a touchback. That's like, I was praying that the other team would kick it far enough. And now they're kicking it away from him. And then the, the other guy who got it fumbled it. But don't, don't worry about too much about that. Did you see the, the one they popped up short right? pop up one. And uh, I don't remember who it was. I think... Shoot, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but they uh, they muffed it a little bit. Of the back of his jersey when I watched that play, and I'm also thinking, would that have gone out of bounds? <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <sighs> but it is what it is. I think, yeah, just Nixon was great. Um, the field goal operation looked pretty smooth in cold weather, so that's nice. Um, I thought the defense was definitely a positive today. But let's move on down to. Yeah, and I think they've moved oh, up sorry, to like. Not last. Seventeenth and seventeenth in the league, they're they're actually getting into middle of the pack range in team special teams. Okay, all right, we we'll take those. Yeah, so this is like massive improvement over what we had been. Yeah, well, let's start wrapping this up. Player of the game, Dad, who'd you got? So on offense, I had Aaron Jones. I think he, he scored the touchdown. He took over the rushing essentially when Dylan went out. He was catching passes. He was getting chunk plays. And then on defense, I had Preston Smith, in addition to the uh, sacks and quarterback hits. I actually think he um, did what what for him is kind of uh, generally good um, run defense as well. Um, So I was, it was a, you know, I I liked the game that he had. I thought he was playing well out there. Yeah, and for me, players of the game, Nixon, um, like I was talking about, was super electric today. And then Aaron Jones also uh, was really was really solid. Um, yeah, those are my players of the game. I thought the Jones one was easy. He was, I think, easily the best player on offense today. You can maybe make an argument for, for Dobbs, but, or maybe one of the O-linemen if you want to give Tom some shine for right. stepping in. Um, um, or, or Jenkins, maybe. Yeah, because... You don't, you're not hearing a guard's name, and they're running the ball well. It's probably probably a good sign. But anyway, that about wraps it up for us here on the Father-Son Packers podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. If you like what you hear, we'll be doing a pregame this week for the Christmas Day game. Dolphins, uh, in we're playing them in Miami. It's a must-win game. Every single game is here from now on. So come check that out if you like. We'll also be doing post-games, et cetera, et cetera. Come check us out on Twitter, like we said, at Father Son Packer. Come subscribe to us on YouTube, Father Son Packers Podcasts. And until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.